Hello, hello. Welcome to Love Always Self. I'm Shira. Hi, y'all. I'm Karista. And thank you so much for joining us today. As you can see, we have a wonderful guest joining our podcast. If you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms, or if you're joining us on YouTube, then you'll get to see this wonderful guest face. Welcome to our beautiful episodes of The People's Journey. And this is Ambrosia Matthews. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Hi, Ambie. We are so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. I'm so excited to chat with both of you beautiful people, and I'm just grateful to be here today. Well, we are very excited to have you on and just super stoked to introduce Ambrosia Matthews, who is a psychic medium, a certified life coach, and professional intuitive healer and co-founder and co-host of Inner Bloom Podcast. Ambrosia Matthews is a healer and instructor in the areas of trauma healing, clearing emotional blockages, and self-worth. With over 10 years of experience, Ambrosia has taken the lessons she has learned throughout her life and turned them into her life's mission. Today, Ambrosia teaches others how to get out of their head and into their hearts by helping them embody their gifts. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. What a great bio. That sounds awesome. Wish I wrote it. <laughs> well, somebody knows you very well because I think it was very well written. And again, you you have an incredible light around you and you have chosen to share that with the world. So I, we're so excited to have you on today. Oh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. I appreciate that. I received that. Thank you. And before we dive in, Ambie, I wanted to just kind of tell our audience, full disclosure here, Ambrosia is actually my coach and my guide to all the, you know, things that I'm going through. She was the one that assisted me when I was really transitioning into opening my abilities. And she's, she's been there by our side for, for quite some time. And I cannot be more grateful for your presence. So thank you again oh, thank for, you. for coming on here. You're so, so sweet. You're doing all the work. I'm, I'm just now. <laughs> so sweet. So Ambrosia, please do us the honor of sharing a little bit about who Ambrosia Matthews is. Hi, everybody. So I'm Ambrosia Matthews. I go by Ambie for short. It's been my nickname since I was in kindergarten. Um, and I have been able to communicate and see both physically and in my mind's eye spirits and people's guides and different things that other people can't see, hear and feel. And I was scared of it for a really long time, told by my mom and my family that, you know, I was probably crazy and to just ignore it and mm -hmm. told by a lot of people that I really trusted that it was something to be afraid of and I was evil because of it and all of these things. And so when, excuse me, when I was in my thirties, I'm still in my thirties, but when I started really diving deeply into this and it started bombarding me with this idea of you can't run away from this. And I misspoke. It was actually 29 when this happened. So mm, um, your Saturn return, my yeah. Saturn return, right? <laughs> um, that's a doozy. So it's been, it's been all, it's been exactly 10 years, actually. Wow. I started taking lessons from other people. I started diving in deeply with what was going on with me. Am I just losing touch of reality or do I have gifts and 
let's dive in more deeply with that. So I started working with healers. I started working with shamans. I started working with psychic mediums and that took several years. And I started developing abilities to not only not be afraid of this, but also like really dive in deeply with this. And once I started diving in deeply and giving people readings, almost immediately people were like, how are you doing this? Teach me how you're doing this. And I even had a mentor of mine tell me, I don't think that you should be teaching people yet. And thank God I don't listen to people. (laughs) So I just decided that I told the first student I ever had, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know really how to teach people yet, but I'm going to show you what I've learned over the last five years and maybe it'll help you. And so it really did. And so I started coming up with different ideas and started thinking about what were games that I played as a kid that really helped develop these abilities and these psychic slash mediumship ways of, of tapping into your energy, protecting your energy, grounding yourself. Why is, why am I feeling dizzy? What's going on around that? Why am I feeling so emotional with people? What's going on with that? So just really diving in deeply with why are these things coming up and how can I control them better, not get rid of them or eliminate them because that's not the goal, nor is it to dive in so deeply in that side of reality that you lose touch with this, your human side of reality, right? So it's that balance. And that's what I've been teaching people now for the past five years. And I have a system in place. So like, it's very, it is dependent upon each person, but it's more of, okay, I've seen this before. I know how this works. And this is going to go with this air quote problem that we have. This is how I'm going to write this or fix this. So nice. so at this point, it's a little bit more individualized. It's always been more individualized because I think everybody's different. Everybody's unique and everybody doesn't have quite the same abilities as each other. But at the end of the day, it's unique and different depending upon people's traumas. It's unique and different depending upon people's fears. And that really plays a role in your ability to communicate with the other side. Boundaries are a good example of that. If you have really poor boundaries in this reality, then you're going to have really poor boundaries in the spirit realm because it's Mm. even harder because if you can't physically see someone, how are you going to tell them to leave? Right. Mm, Wow. Especially when they don't want to go. So there's a couple of, of, I love psychology. I've been fascinated with psychology since I was in middle school and I've been in therapy a very long time. So (laughs) there's been, there's been a lot of intertwining there, a lot of different classes that I've taken. I'm not a therapist by any stretch of the imagination, but I see patterns very quickly in people and I'm able to recognize, okay, if this pattern is happening for this person, then how can I give them coping strategies or give them exercises to help redirect this pattern or change the pattern that's happening? Fantastic work. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I'm a witness to this too. (laughs) So when you were first starting to, I think it was at five, right? When you first started Mm -hmm. to realize that you had these abilities and that you were able to connect with the unseen. And so what was that like for you at that point? So my backstory is pretty wild. I come from my biological mother is not a nice person. 
And when I was four, my sister, who's 13 years older than me, my uncle and my aunt decided that they were going to take me away from my biological mother in the middle of the night, literally kidnapped me. So they did. And so we moved every two years, a lot of trauma there, blah, blah, blah. But the point of that is when I was five years old, something started happening that everybody around me thought was just a trauma response to what was going on in my life. But what was actually happening was I had already developed a hyper awareness of situational cues and energies in the room and things like that, because the experience that I had with my biological mother was so traumatic and so unsafe that I really had to be aware at a very, very young age of if this environment is safe for me or not. But at five, what happened I have a really distinct memory of this. So I would lay in my bed at night and I would say to my aunt who is, has raised me since I was four. So I call her my mom. I would say to my mom, are you still there? And now I know why, right? Because I was afraid that I was going to be left, but I would say, are you still there? And she'd be like, yeah, I'm just in the other room. Just go to sleep. It's okay. But what was happening was I was feeling like there were people around me. And I could tell you if they were men or women, and I could tell you what they looked like, and I could tell you all these things. And at the time, I couldn't physically see them. I could see them in my mind, and I could hear them with audibly, out loud, the way I hear you. And they would say things to me like, I don't mean to bother you, but I just need your help with this. Or are you okay with talking to me? And I was so freaked out that I was like, what the heck is happening? So I would run into my mom's room crying hysterically that there were people in my room that I couldn't see, but I could hear them. And that's when she sat me down. And I think she had good intentions, but she was like, you're probably schizophrenic. (laughs) And what that means is that you see and hear things that aren't real, but it's an illness. It's you're sick. And I was like, okay, okay. So then This was, I was five. So this went on until I was in high school. And when I was in high school, I never really thought I was sick. I always thought I'm seeing dead people. I always, it was just this knowing that I had in me that like these people around me can't understand what's going on, but I know what's happening here. So I started to tell a few people in high school and they made fun of me and they didn't believe me. And what really was solidified this feeling for me was um, I wasn't I was a party kid and we were at a party I grew up in San Diego and so we were under a freeway passing which is a weird place to have a party but I digress and it's what we did back then (laughs) (laughs) what were we thinking like what's happening we can't go to somebody's house anyway um so we're outside we're under a freeway passing and I remember talking to my friend and watching like a movie play out in front of me, right? And I, she was trying to talk to me, but I was so distracted. I was just kind of looking at what was going on up, up, like up on the freeway. And a guy came over and was like, did you guys hear what happened here? And I said, don't say another word to me. Don't say another word. And I looked at my friend and I said, you realize that I didn't hear any of that, right? And she said, yes. I said, come over here. So I took her away from everybody. And I told her what I keep seeing is a cop pulling over a young girl. He raped her. He threw her off the side. She's dead. Something happened and her dad is up there 
and he's thinking about killing himself. I don't know what happened since then. So we go back to the party and they recant the story of what exactly I just said. And she looks at me like just pale. And she said, how do you know that? And I said, because I'm watching it happen right in front of me right now. And she just was like, holy crap. Like something else is happening here that we can't, I don't know what's going on, right? So if you research it, it's, I forget the girl's name, which is just terrible. But basically it's the reason that you have the law that states you have the ability to pull over in a well-lit area because her parents passed that law. So this happened in, I believe the eighties, you can look it up, but that's essentially what I was watching happen in front of me. Yeah. And so, yeah. So for a long time, that's what it was like. It was like watching a movie play, but knowing that it wasn't happening right now, it had already happened. And I was just watching something happen. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. I got full goosebumps with that story. I know. I know. Like jaw almost hit the hit the table. So in your younger years, you, Mm -hmm. did you try to resist being open to these experiences? And if you, so then when you practice that resistance, I was wondering if you could share, if you recognized how that made you feel resisting these gifts. So when I was a little kid from the time until high school, really, For me, it was until I learned, until I started drinking, which was in high school, eighth grade. But before that, I remember every time I would go to bed, I would say a prayer. I would say, please, God, don't let me hear, see, or feel anyone that is not physically a human being in this room right now or tomorrow, today or tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. Because in my brain, I knew like, some scary stuff's going to happen when it's nighttime and I'm alone. Right. Mm -hmm. And I felt really disempowered. I felt like very out of control, very scared about what was going to happen. I remember watching the sixth sense and that was the worst thing in the whole world Mm -hmm. because I thought I was going to see them the way they died. I thought there would be a little girl under my bed. I jumped off of my bed to avoid that little girl for two years, two solid years. And like, it's not like that at all. And once I had, I was working with a shaman and she told me like what you're experiencing, that's as scary as it gets. That's it. Mm. You're not, you're afraid of something that's not going to happen. And I was like, okay. Once I realized like, this is it. You already see them. You were already communicating with them, but you're so scared of what could be that you're actually not letting it in. And I think that's just human nature is that we're so afraid of the unknown that we are comfortable living in the misery, whatever misery that is for you. We just don't want to go to the next level. Right. And we don't understand that by going to that next level, it's actually peace that we get to experience. It's no, it's not any more pain. It's not any more fear. You're already through that part. Wow. So once you decided to stop resisting it and Mm -hmm. actually open yourself to building a relationship with it, what was that like for you and how long? And I mean, like, do you still feel like you're learning new things? Is it? Yeah, I always feel like I'm learning new things. What was it like? That's a good question. I love that question. I think it was very, it was a lot of 
building a, it was building a relationship with my intuition more than anything else, being able to trust myself because I had self-abandoned so many times, so, so, so many times. And it was also being able to trust other things that, that I can't physically see, you can't physically touch, right? Just in general, I'm pretty cautious and I'm pretty skeptical, which is funny because you would think I would be, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) But, but anyway, yeah, I remember in the beginning it took, I remember doing a meditation that I actually did a different version of many, many years later, it's on my website but doing a meditation to meet your spirit guides. And I remember thinking like, this is bullshit. I'm not going to meet anybody. I'm not going to meet anything. Nothing is going to happen. And then when something started happening and being like, whoa, I don't know about this. Uh, I'm not ready for this. And, but I needed that physical. So what happened was I felt someone grab me Mm -hmm. and I needed that physical validation of you are, something is actually happening here. So what I kept doing was, okay, if you're real, then I want you to stop touching me. And I didn't feel anything. And I thought, okay, weird coincidence. (laughs) Okay, if you're real, touch me again. And I felt it again. And I went, oh, crap. Okay, we have we have something here. (laughs) And so it was just baby steps after baby steps of, I think I can trust you. I think I can trust me. And I think the other part of giving people readings, there's a huge fear that you're going to be wrong, Mm -hmm. right? There's a huge fear that the information I'm telling you is going to be all bullshit. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back from not only trusting their intuition, but living fully in their power is that what if I'm wrong? Yeah. Because we are taught in school that if we're wrong, then we need to find the right answer, right? And with intuition, what I'm a big believer in is there is no wrong answer. You are getting the information from somewhere. So why not lean into what you're getting? Be open to being wrong. Be open to, okay, well, that didn't happen. And it's okay that it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that everything else I've said is bullshit. It just means that I misunderstood what was going on or the timelines changed, energies have shifted around but it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is wrong with me. Wow. That's powerful. That's extremely powerful. Thank you for saying that. I actually needed to hear that today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to kind of start asking about the channeling aspect of Mm -hmm. what you do and, and, and what you're able to connect with. How did that get started? Because I know I've told you my stuff, but I don't know if I've actually heard yours. <laughs> so. That's funny. So fear is such a lesson I need to learn in this mm-hmm. life. So I've been afraid of aliens my whole life, my whole life. To the point to where if you asked me 10 years ago, like just having a conversation about, do you believe in aliens? I would literally tell you, shh, they're listening. Don't say another <laughs> word. I do not want to visit them. I don't want contact. Be quiet. And it's funny because it's one of those things that like in the pit of my stomach, I knew like, "Mm, you're going to have to deal with this someday. Right. But again, baby steps. So how it happened was I was on the phone with my business partner, Alexa, and in the beginning of her and I's business, it was feel into this, feel into this, feel into this. Right. I think she was the first person that truly like blindly believed me. 
And that really took my confidence to a whole new level. I think the phrase that I love is sometimes all you need is one person to believe in you. And that's what that relationship has been for me. So I digress. So we're on the phone together and I'm giving her a reading, but she's not understanding what I'm saying. She's like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't get it. And all of a sudden a voice in my head says, take the phone from this way and turn it this way. So if you're listening, it went from my ear to taking it off my ear and just putting it in front of my mouth. So I can't hear what she is saying to me. And I started speaking. And when I started speaking, my tone changed, my verbiage changed, my cadence changed. And it's the voice said something. I don't even remember what it said, but it basically said, shut up and listen. And this is the message for you. And it was the message that she needed to hear. Wow. And then it left. And then I came back and I was like, what just happened? And she was like, what was that? And I start crying because I'm a cancer and we're crybabies. And I'm just like, I don't know what just happened. And so her and I are both very curious people. So we decided, okay, can we replicate this? Can we do this over consistently? What are the conditions in which this will happen? What energy is coming through with this? But I'll be honest with you, for about a year, it was communicating with them and not letting them, the Arcturians, not letting them be in my body, just keeping them outside of my body like a guide. And just being like, okay, we're going to, we're going to talk from this safe space. And it was gradual baby steps. And once I felt safe with them, then it was okay. The information would be easier coming just straight from me, as opposed to me trying to translate the information and then send it out. But you felt like you had to build a relationship with them to build that trust. Yeah. And I'm not going to just let a bean jump in my body and be like, here we go. Can you, you know. let us know who the Arcturian are? Sure. So the Arcturians are, they are beings from a different, I'm going to say dimension, a different dimension. And they've been communicating with human beings for a long, long time. I'm not the only one that communicates with them, but I communicate with a collection of nine different energies. So that's why they're called the Arc Nine, because they're Arcturians and there's nine of them. And it really depends upon what the information is that they want to share on who comes through. Sometimes multiple ones come through at the same time and you can hear my voice change and you can hear the messaging change and the, the energy is different too. Sometimes it will be very affectionate and loving and sometimes it will be very direct and to the point, but the message is always the same, which is basically follow your, follow your gut, follow your instincts. Stop forgetting how powerful you are or stop thinking that you're powerless and start remembering how powerful you are. Mm, That's beautiful. Important messages to share, right? Yeah. Yeah. What does it feel like for you when, when you are in that channeling state or that channeled state? Oh, it's nice. So, um, (laughs) right. (laughs) It has changed over the years. Um, so I've been doing this for five years consistently every week, sometimes multiple times a week. And in the beginning, when I started doing trans channeling, which is when you go into a trans state, it was nice because I was completely gone 
completely gone. Like I can recount memories of being somewhere else, being at the beach, feeling the ocean on my face, hearing the waves, not even remembering the conversations that was that were going on around me. And there are videos, I'm sure there are videos out there of when I come back into my body, going into full hysterics and full breakdown, because I can feel the difference of how heavy it is to actually be a human and how there's no other word for it. It's just heavy. It's heavy on your heart. It's heavy on your physical body. It's heavy emotionally. It's just so much to carry. And so after a conversation with them, they decided that that wasn't good for my mental state. So now I'm very present when they're there and I'm more in the conversation, sometimes more than I want to be, but I'm always there now and I'm always a part of it. And they call me out sometimes. And yeah, (laughs) now it just feels like I can hear what's going on with the conversation, but I have more control of. I'm more aware of what my body is going through. Like if I have to cough, I know it. Or if like uh, my nose itches, I can feel them move my hand to itch my nose. I'm not completely gone. Wow. It's been one of my most fascinating journeys to this day. And that's saying something 40 plus years of being here. So, and I just, I'm always fascinated when I meet anyone else that has that ability, like, like, what does that feel like for you? Because I know what it feels like for me. And and you're right about the blissful state part. That that's a hard, that's a hard one. It's been, yeah. a, it's been a bit of a try to get used to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, how do you balance out all this work over the past few years, like mm-hmm. with your self-care? Like what, what do you do to support your physical humanness? That's a good question. In all the spiritual work that you're doing. So a couple of years ago during the pandemic, I I can't believe it's a couple of years ago now. During the pandemic, I really overdid it. I was doing a hundred plus readings a month. It was, it was really bad. I had one of my coaches at the time tell me like, you've got to stop this. This can't go on. And what happened was I got really sick, not with COVID, but like other ways. I think I got the flu. I got a sinus infection. I got like repeatedly sick over and over and over. And I asked my guides, what is going on? And they showed me an image of like them body slamming me down, like just lay down, just rest, stop. And it was interesting. I've never been, you know, I think we all go through a journey when we go on the spiritual road of like, I'm going to meditate every day. And And so I did do that, but I I don't meditate every day and I don't have any qualms about that. I feel pretty confident that like meditation is not for everybody. If I feel like I need to meditate, I will. But what I do is I'm very curious. I'm really big into self-help. I, I really enjoy listening to audiobooks. And I enjoy listening to people that have had similar experiences than me. And I also ask a lot of questions. Why is this happening? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? So for example, in my life right now, there's a very strange situation going on. And it's definitely a message from my guides. It's a song that's about 15 years old that just is on repeat everywhere I go. The gym, my car. I went to, I took the kids to Dave and Buster's yesterday. It played there. And I was like, okay. I get it. I hear you. I see the message. Okay. And so now it's time for me to dive in deeply with, okay, will you understand the message? 
So are you going to change or are we going to have to keep body slamming you? What are we mm-hmm. doing? Mm-hmm. So that's really my self-care. It's not necessarily like, it's more of creating boundaries and going in deeply with, am I showing up the way that I want to? And what am I willing to change about myself? And what am I willing to not lose about myself in every aspect of my life? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you Wait. have any more questions about channeling? Cause I have another question that's not about channeling. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry, good. you go I'm- ahead. Okay. <laughs> you go. Am I good to go? Okay. Um, <laughs> I am really curious about your experience and work with the shamans. Mm. Okay. So what happened, how I got in touch with the shaman, which is so funny. I Googled shamans in my area and she came up and I was like, well, fantastic. <laughs> um, it was a lot of, so she was the first person that I've ever worked with. And I remember that at that time, when I looked at someone, their face would morph and it would turn into something different and it scared the heck out of me. And so we were going over that. What is that? What's going on? And she was basically telling me that in shamanic journeys, that what you're seeing is their soul. Mm -hmm. You're watching that person's soul and you're getting to see their, their mask come off right? And not everybody gets that. So I was like, okay. And we worked on fear and she held my hand literally and and figuratively as I did different inner child work, which I didn't know at the time what it was. I just thought we were going over different memories. And she taught me how to open up. She taught me how to go over the different chakras in my body and how to open up to that. But we worked together for about two years consistently, like every week. And she said to me, she's so sweet. She said to me that you're not a shaman, which big surprise, I'm not. And she said, I've taken you as far as I can take you. So at this point, you need to find uh, a psychic because that's what you are. You're a psychic medium. And I said, okay. And so I did. And, but it was really sad to like, let her go. But some of the things that I was encountering as I was opening up, because I was opening more up to mediumship, scared her because she didn't want to talk to dead people. And she made that very clear. That was a boundary for her. So (laughs) that was another reason why she was like, you've got to find somebody else. But no, she's, she's really great. I have nothing but good things to say about her. That is so cool. That's something that's really interested me for, for a long time. That's really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely work with the shaman. I'll have to search shamans near me. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a Google. It might come up. That's too funny. Well, I, um, oh, go ahead. I wrote notes down as you were talking, Ambie. So I was circling back around. I was curious what kind of games you played as a kid to kind of help open up or connect with these gifts. So one of the games I played as a kid that I I thrive on freaking my mom out. Love it still to this day. I love it. I like to like jump scare people. It's, it's fun (laughs) for me. I digress. So one of the games I would play would freak her out and I would just eat it up. I remember we would go to subway a lot as a kid and I would be sitting with my back facing the door and I would air quote guess who is going to come into that subway, right? So once I heard the chimes, 
I would be like, man, clad shirt, he's tall, blah, 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 blah. And my mom would sit there and be like, what the hell is happening? And I'd be like, (laughs) I was right. And then I would do it again. And what I didn't realize at the time is that that is actually how you open up your intuitive abilities. You are actually feeling into the energy around you and who Mm. it is, right? And so I would do things like that all the time, all the time. I would hyper fixate on sounds. So I would drown out one sound and then I would go back and drown out the other sound. And I just thought it was fun, but it's actually how you open up your clear audience as well. Your Mm. ability to hear intuitively and physically. What else would I do? I was, I had such a good imagination as a kid and I just never lost that because it was really like a safe place for me as a child, Mm -hmm. just to kind of go and imagine different worlds, different possibilities. But I think the other thing was never believing people when they tell you that you're not good enough. Mm. You're not smart enough. You're not whatever enough. Right. I remember this is kind of a sad story, but so my sister is 13 years older than me. And when I you know, I grew up watching, which is terrible, watching men beat her, literally beat her. She's died, almost died several, several times. And I've almost witnessed it several times. And so I was always trepidatious about the men she would bring bring around for good reason. But also she would ask me, even as a kid, like being six years old, seven years old, do you like him? And I would be like, no, I don't like him. She would be like, why? And I'm like, there's just something not nice about him. And every time she would be like, he's different. He's not like the others. He's so sweet. He buys me things, blah, blah, blah. And every time I would be like, no, he's the same as the others. He just looks different. And she wouldn't believe me. And so it's that until it happened. And so it's that feeling of, no, I don't care what you say. And I know that you're my grown up, and I'm supposed to listen to you, but something's not right here. Something is off here. Right. And I think that that applies to our personal lives that applies to work, right? When you have a colleague and your boss is like, you two should get along. And you're just like, "Mm, there's just something about this person. It's that feeling of follow your gut, follow that feeling of this person is not right. There's not, there's something off here. So Hmm. that is great advice. Yeah. Learning to trust your intuition, building that relationship with your intuition. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And then not listening to other people when they tell you you're just making it up. You're crazy. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a hard one. That's a hard one because of, you know, we, we talk about societal norms and how that's impacting individuals. And it's just, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, right. To just come out of that programming of doing it that way. And Um, even the programming of limiting Right. What we allow into our senses and what we consider valid as far yeah. as information and how it's received. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, we like to do, um, unless Carrie, you have any additional. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Um, <laughs> being mindful of this time over here. We like to do what we call slow burn questions. Uh, they're okay. really rapid fire questions, but we don't give you any time limit on answering them. So, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. So I'm going to fire off the first one here, but I, okay. what is one piece of advice 
that you would give now to your younger self because of everything that you know? That's a good one. I think it would be, and I give this to myself a lot, actually. I'm right here. I've got you. You're never going to get rid of me. You're going to, you're never going to lose me. You and I are one and you're never alone because I'm here. Yes. I love it. I'm going to let her ask the next question. (laughs) I I love that because that's so important, not just in the now, but even when we're working on connecting with that inner child. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Try that in the mirror because it's a hard one. Oh yeah. Making eye contact with yourself at the same yeah. time as saying that awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like did an immediate tear trigger for me for some reason. <laughs> so the reason, so I do this with, I do this with coaching clients sometimes. I say sometimes because everybody's different, but when we go into different attachment styles, right? We learn that as children, you have to have a, what it's called a home base, a safe home base. And usually that's an adult figure that is someone that is letting you know, hey, you're safe, you're okay. But kids like me grew up without a safe home base because we can't trust adults, right? So my inner child has to know that I am my safe home base, that I am okay. Me as an adult will be her safe home base. And so that is inner child work that I do with people that have real serious childhood trauma. And that is something that we go over is basically reintroducing your current self to your child self and learn, letting that child self know that you can trust this individual, this adult. But that also comes with, you have to stop self-abandoning. If you say you're going to do something, you do it because otherwise you are just telling that little self, you don't matter over and over and over again. Practicing veracity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know we touched on this earlier as far as how to balance out all the work that we are doing outwardly, but what is your favorite self-care activity? My favorite self-care activity. Ah, that's a good question. I don't want to say going to the gym because I like going to the gym. I love moving my body. You know, my favorite self-care activity is actually doing retreats and traveling. For me, it's traveling and getting to meet new people and getting to help people. That is self-care to me. Love it. Me too. And where can people find you to, to connect, Ambie? So I am Ambrosia Matthews on all my platforms. AmbrosiaMatthews.com is my website. Ambrosia Matthews Intuitive is on Instagram and TikTok. For some reason, I added a seven on TikTok. I don't know why. So it's Ambrosia Matthews Intuitive 7. I don't know. I don't know what I was in the mood. <laughs> I was in a mood that day. I don't know. But yeah, you can find me there. And then I have a podcast, Inner Bloom, I-N-N-E-R-B-L-O-O-M. And you could, we're on all of the iTunes and all of that dress. So beautiful. Definitely check her out. And Kimber, you want to hit up that that last but never least question? Yes, we have one final one. I'm nervous. Ambrosia, (laughs) what does self-love mean to you? Oh, I like this. Oh, I'm going to cry with this one. To me, self-love means even if you're in pain, even if you're going through something hard, even if you're afraid and you're experiencing things that you don't necessarily want to be experiencing, you still know who you are and it's still okay to be who you are 
And I think nowadays in a world where we are seeking outside validation with social media and other people, it is so difficult to look at yourself and say, I'm good just the way that I am. That is self-love to me. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you so much, Amy, Mm -hmm. for joining us today on the People's Journey series. This is by far one of my favorites and getting to hear everyone else's experiences. For those of you listening or watching us here on YouTube, if you'd like to see any more, we have an entire playlist on the People's Journey. This is a great one. <laughs> Probably one of my favorites. And, Thank you. and, I'm a and if we're lucky you know enough, yeah, I feel yeah. like you are. <laughs> Ambrosia, maybe you'll come back soon and talk more about channeling and Definitely. share yeah. more about that. I would love to. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, follow. If you're listening to any of this on our podcast platforms, the reviews are very helpful. And of course, as always, don't forget to love first, love last, and love always. Bye, y'all. Bye. Hey, listener, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us in this moment. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to our next connection. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow to stay notified of new content from Love Always Self. If you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to discuss, please hit us up on any of our social media platforms linked in the show notes below. I'm Karista. And I'm Shira. And until next time, remember to love first, love last, and love always. Love Always Self podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not make any warranties about the completeness, reliability, and accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. Any action you choose to take upon the information in this podcast is strictly done so at your own risk, and we will not be held liable for any losses and damages in connection with the use of our podcast. Any and all medical concerns should be addressed with a licensed healthcare provider, as well as any questions that may be derived from the information discussed in this podcast.